Today, I'm joined by the founder of Pavan Beauty, the incredible Pavan Alualia Dunjal. With a lifelong passion for henna, Pavan is out to modernize the ancient art as a part of mainstream beauty routines all around the world. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delight to welcome our guest for today, Pavan Alwalia Dunjal. She is the highly acclaimed henna artist behind Pavan Beauty with henna bars across the UK, Dubai, New York and Paris. On a mission to share her British Indian heritage with the world, Pavan has garnered a loyal following of beauty fans of all backgrounds, eager to discover the ancient Indian art. Since her first introduction to henna, experimenting with designs at the age of 15, Pavan has gone on to win not just one, but two Guinness World Records, beating her own time for fastest henna artist and was awarded the British Empire Medal in 2018, having owned pop-up bars across London to sell out success. She has created bespoke henna for designers Antonia Berardi and Manish Arora and collaborated with numerous British artists, including Rudimental, Ellie Golding and Perry Edwards. Pavan has truly made henna accessible to all, and I couldn't be prouder to sit down with a fellow founder celebrating our Indian culture. So, Pavan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for that lovely introduction. Honestly, I'm in awe of what you have created. Well, no, like honestly, like this is why I do it, right? It's just we can all collaborate, communicate, and I think it's just about we are we should all just take a moment to yeah, exactly, just be so proud of what we've all accomplished. But when we kind of think of it together, uh, we're even more stronger and, and we can do even greater things. So even I'm hoping after this we'll be able to collaborate and do great things for our definitely, brand. So definitely. And that's, that's something idea, that I yeah. think, you know, we can touch upon as well because when I did launch, I did find it very lonely and it was very competitive yeah. and I found it I don't like to say it, maybe in the beauty industry, um, it it was very competitive, even if you're in different fields, um, and it does get lonely, extremely lonely. 100%. No, it's so true. So I kind of want to start with my main first question. It's one of the hardest ones. I'm really curious to see your your answer. So Pavan, who in a nutshell are you? Someone who hates the word no. Someone who, if you tell me I can't do something, I will push so hard to prove you wrong. Um, yeah. I've been, I've really been told that from the beginning of when I started my career in henna. Um, obviously you can, you can understand and you can relate in our culture. Henna is not seen as a career move or a, something that will pay your bills or give you a good life. Um, so when I told family members or, uh, family friends that I'm going to pursue a henna, a career in henna, they were like, what? Like. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't have any support apart from my mum and dad, um, yeah. and my sisters. Um, and then when I started earning from it and proved people wrong, it's, it's the same thing even now. People are quite transparent. So when I say to them I, I'm a henna artist, they'll be like, "Oh." But when I say, "Oh, I'm in Selfridges," they're like, "Oh." And all of a sudden, 
they are interested and they're keen in what I'm doing. So I'm the type of person who I'll break down doors. Um, I just, I don't know whether that's the spoiled person in me or whatever, but I, if I believe in something, I'm not going to give up. You're not going to do Yeah. I love that. And I think that's the, the tenacity that you need to, to create a, a, a brand is you need to not give up. And I think that's so powerful. I, I kind of want to start at the beginning because I know, um, so you were born and raised, um, where was it born in London? Yes, East London in Ilford, Good Maze. Um, and my mum and dad, both entrepreneurs, my dad started his business when I was three years old. My mum started her beauty salon when I was three or four, I think. So I've always been surrounded by the entrepreneurial spirit entrepreneur and beauty i mean that's yeah. literally like the, the match made in heaven and so when was your first moment where you were like when you grew up where you discovered henna do you remember that first yeah. like was it at a wedding a mendy or so it was at my mum's salon um because okay. my mum used to go and do people's mendy when when we were, and i remember waiting for her while she used to go into the house to do people's mendy like i would must have been about four or five years old so my mum used to do all the beauty but then it was when i was about 15 i was at a wedding and I wasn't particularly keen on how the artist was doing the henna. So I picked up the cone myself and started doing a design. And, and everyone started saying, oh, God, you're really good. You're, you're better than the, the lady that's here. So I was like, oh, let me let me go on a course. Let me try and pursue it. And then I remember going on a course. And I was too young. I went with my aunt. And I remember being on the escalator at Piccadilly Circus and her saying to her, you know, I want to be the best at this because I just felt a love for it. Um, and then it was from then I just like literally kept pursuing, pursuing and everyone thinks it's an overnight success and it really isn't. It's one thing that leads on to another that leads on to another. And then all of a sudden you look behind you and there's this great heap or mountain of what you've achieved. Um, but yeah, it comes in small increments. Well, it did for me anyway. Tell me about sort of, okay, so you went to, I know you studied business um, management at, um, at uni. Did you ever feel like having, I guess, experienced a lot of success with your henna that you would eventually perhaps have a career that would be based about creating a business around it? I did, like, like you said, I did a, a degree in business and I didn't want to do my degree because I already knew what I wanted to do. I did it for my dad. Yeah. My dad was like, I want to see yeah. you in your cap and gown. And I was like, all right, dad. So I did the degree um, and not saying that it didn't help me, but I think I could have done what I'm doing without it. When I started doing brides, I thought this is amazing, but I'm never going to live the life that I want to live by just doing he- Like there's only one of me. How many brides can I do in a year? How many people can I see? I just want, I just thought bigger. I was like, why am I thinking so small? Bridal henna is amazing, but there's so much out there. So doing a degree in business, I thought, what is my USP? And at the time, you know, going for the Guinness World Record was a big thing. So I remember doing a bride and one of the brides told me, you're really fast, you should go for the Guinness World Record. So I asked my dad and I said, Dad, I want to go for, for the World Record. And he goes, you must do it. What do you need from me? And I said, nothing. I said, I'm just going to apply. And at the time, the Guinness World Record was 214 henna armbands in one hour. And I did 314. So I beat the record. And um, henna was something... I mean, if you think it's niche now, 10 years ago, it was like, it was like very, it was like an education for people because they hear the horror stories of the um, uh, reactions people get. Is it for everyone? Is it cultural appropriation? All of that was going on. Um, but when I broke the world record, I got in touch with EastEnders. Um, there was the Masood family who had just started on there. And I tried to get in touch with the BBC um, and no one put me through. Someone then, after I called about 10 times, someone accidentally put me through to the makeup department 
and a lovely lady called Viv Henry took my call and I said, look, there's an Asian family. I know there's going to be a wedding um, because, I mean, there's an Asian family. There's always a wedding. And there's no henna without a wedding. So you, you'll need me and I've got the Guinness World Record and, and so, so on and so forth. So that for me was my selling point. And then six weeks later, they called me in and I ended up working on set with them for two weeks and then even did the second wedding that they had on there. So it, for me, it was about getting something that I could catch someone's attention. So the Guinness World Record caught people's attention. And then it was like, OK, so this is what we do. This is how important it is to our culture. And this is why you need it on your TV show, basically. And then it was on the show that we had the idea of, I say we, the makeup team there, we were all, always talking because they were like, how can you share what you're doing? Because it's so amazing. And and I, that's what I needed. I wanted continuous flow. I wanted of work. Like I was like, I don't want to just wait for bridal season. I don't want to just do it for brides. It's so much bigger than this. So I did people like Alicia Dixon. We did a photo shoot with her, Sugar Babes, that kind of thing. And then um, we had the idea of a henna bar. And even those two words together, sounded so alien at the time um and then that's when i just literally got a bee in my bonnet and i was like how how are we gonna make this happen but, so wait i want to talk about it one thing because yeah. I, I forgot to ask and i'm annoyed if i didn't ask this because when i read it i was like whoa just before we go into that first henna buy in 2013 i want to talk about the guinness world records because that's okay. pretty epic <laughs> how did that happen and why did you have how did you have that idea to even do it so when I did a bride she said I was really fast because I think I finished her full hands and her feet like in like two hours and you'd have brides sitting there for four to six hours minimum um and for me I'm quite an impatient person so that's probably why I'm so quick um but when I went for the world record you know I had to get a lot of stuff together I had to do a lot of organizing and that really put me to the test because I'm like not organization skills now is good for me but back then I was just like if I want something done, I'm just like, I, I move quickly and I don't think about it logically, step by step. So to organize that was a big thing. And I did, ended up doing at my old primary school where they got all the people together for me. We actually ran out of people. My dad was sitting there getting his arm done. My, You know, we, it was it was a really, really good event. I remember practicing for it. And the day was just like that. It was, I, I think I was on adrenaline. And the come down, I think, took about two or three days. Because I had wow. I had to get national press there. I had to get these people together. I had to get a videographer, a photographer. And I thought, all of these people are here for me. So if I don't break the world, it was a lot of pressure, like a lot of pressure. Um, that's why it was, yeah. So putting that together was, was a task. So cool. Well, okay. So then obviously being a, a henna uh, connoisseur, and then obviously having these amazing successes with these sets and these talents, that was when this idea sparked and Pavan Henna Bar was created. So tell us about that first bar that you created, how you went around doing it and, and why you decided to even create, um, you know, your own space as opposed to potentially, um, you know, going into maybe salons or other areas. I would always have the idea, like, you know, there was a champagne bar in Selfridges and I thought, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing to have a henna bar? And back then, um, Nails Inc. was in a different position it is now. It's actually where Hershison's is now. And I would look there and I'd think, and me and my husband just got together. We were dating. And we would go to Selfridges and I'd say, wouldn't it be amazing to have a henna bar here? Like, we would say yeah. it. And then I, I approached Selfridges. And one of the buyers there, she was so lovely. She, I would call her and I'd say, hey, I've got, I, wanna, I want to offer henna with you. Um, this is what I imagine it to be. I had no products ready, nothing. Oh, gosh, literally, it was embarrassing what I had to offer, <sighs> nothing. And then um, we got on a on a basis where I would call her every few months, 
And when yeah. I called her once, her name is Stephanie Traore. And when I called her, she goes, hello, Trouble, how are you? Like, it got to that kind of relationship. Yeah. And I said, look, I still want to um, open up a henna bar. Sorry, backwards a little bit. While they kept saying no, I approached Topshop because I thought um, I need to make it work somehow. Topshop, this yeah. lovely lady, I forget what her name is. I don't think, well, she, she doesn't work there anymore because it, it doesn't exist. But she gave us our first pop-up. We literally had a trolley, oh gosh, really bad looking product. Wow. And I'd never hired staff before in my life. Yeah. And we were doing 12-hour days. So, But we turned over really good money. And it was at that time I called Stephanie and I said, look, we've done it in Topshop, it works give me an opportunity. She goes, actually, we've got something coming up called the Beauty Project. Yeah. Um, and this was in 2014. And she goes, maybe you'd be good for that. So I met with one of the buyers and she said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity, but you have to pay £100,000 to start and we need this much commission and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, then that's not going to happen because I, yeah. oh gosh, I've had no funding. I've had no investment. Yeah. It's literally been what I've earned gone back into the business. Wow. But then they mulled over the idea and they got back in touch with me and they said, okay, look, we won't give you, we won't make you pay that 100,000 fee. We will um, give you on a commission basis and a fee that you have to pay for us for the first few months or something like that that I had to do. So we went in, we started, and I remember one morning crying on the phone to my husband, like who was then my boyfriend, saying, I literally don't know what I'm doing. I, ha I don't mm. know what I'm doing. Like I'm handling staffing, I'm handling products, I'm handling all of this paperwork that I've never understood before and henna's never been polished like that you know it's yeah I'm doing something new I've got no guidance so but then he just said keep going like one foot in front of the other just keep going and then so the money that I was earning from Selfridges was paying Selfridges and then the money that I was earning doing my brides was paying my girls wages so luckily I was living with my mum and dad so I could do that um and then after about six or seven months we started earning really good money and I thought it was kind of like overwhelming. Like my dad even said, there was one point where I was sleeping on the sofa because I had to go and visit, go and do a bride, but I knew the bar was being run and, and I was sleeping and my dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, daddy, I think it's going to work, you know? And, um, and yeah, it just worked from there. So since then we did pop-ups in Milan, La Rinascente, Barney's New York. We've just done LA Soho House. Um, where we've done White City House. We've, we're basically all over there. And we've just launched our new product line. So um, and that's what I want to talk about now. So yeah, beyond just all the success of um, getting the brand name and, and the services out there, you've also created product, which I want to know why, how, and how does it feel? So go for it. So basically, I never thought that we could offer henna as a product because the first thing people say is I could never do henna. Um, but I've done so many workshops and I've done so many um, courses where within the first five minutes, I gosh, they're away with it. Like, they're brilliant. Mm. I feel like if you can do your own nail polish, and everyone owns a, their, owns a nail polish, but they still go and have their nails done, and, you know, you still get your makeup done, but everyone owns an eyeliner and a lipstick. It's that kind of vibe. So I feel like if you can do that, you can most certainly use a henna cone. And if you're going out one night, and it can just change the whole look. Like, if I, I'm wearing red lipstick now, if I wear nude lipstick, it changes the whole look. If I add yeah. some henna on the skin, it will just change your whole look. So I think... Mm. Doing the workshops taught me that people would be able to use product. Then I thought about it and I thought, we've made henna, the henna treatment accessible to everyone. Why can't we make henna, like the actual product, accessible for everyone? Growing up, I would only be able to go to the, your local Indian grocery store. You'd pick up a, I remember I used to use Johnny Mendy 
which you never knew what was in the product. If the color would come out, it would come out runny. You don't know what you're putting on the skin. So I thought, how amazing would it be to buy henna alongside your mascara, alongside your nail polish in a department store, a trusted uh, henna product where, you know, you know, you see those stories on the BBC every year with the scorpion in a blister, you know, kind of shape because they've used the wrong product. Wouldn't it be amazing if they could buy their own product, get it done before they go and enjoy the beauty treatment without that horrible stigma? So, and I, and there's no one in that space. There is no one tapping into that space. And I think I, I know why. Number one, it's taken a lot of time to change people's perceptions. And also it's taken a lot of money and it's taken a lot of effort. I started now when I was what? I started doing henna when I was 15. I've been in Selfridges now for eight years and it's, but I feel like, you know, like when you're running a, well, running a marathon and all of a sudden everything's meeting, yeah. so the, the, the audience are ready for it, the product is now ready, the stores are now ready, the beauty industry is now ready, and I think it's kind of all just falling into place. That's so exciting. So in terms of the future now, looking for you with Pavan Beauty, um, what are some of the things you want to start focusing on or even starting? Like, do you have goals to create more henna bars around the world like tell us maybe go to India I don't know yeah yeah well I mean we we're in talks we're doing a pop-up with Soho House Mumbai um so Amazing. that that would be cool um the what I want to do is make as well as making henna accessible for everybody it's very uh intertwining with wellness because doing henna is very meditative if you I don't know if you remember doodling at the back of your books or you know, when you're at school and that kind of thing, it's it's really therapeutic to apply henna. You zone out. Um, so it's good for your mind. And I really want to get into that kind of space in the sense of as well as a beauty product and looking good, if you just want to do it as a hobby, it's like, it's just amazing. Um, so we definitely want to add on a few more products. We want stencils involved. We've got um, flash, a new set of flash tattoos coming out. We've got um, our main products, which is like the brown henna and the jaguar henna. Uh, the Jaguar henna looks like a real tattoo. Um, Nikki loves it. So it, it looks great on the skin. So those are the things that I kind of want to work with at the moment and then probably expand our beauty um, beauty offering. Oh, that's so exciting. And and um, I want to ask a little bit about sort of, um, I guess you could say the, the the perception of henna in 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 multiple cultures and stuff. Like, have you seen like, this embracement of like Indian culture across other, um, yeah, other ethnicities. And how has that been like for you? Massively. Brands like yours, Fable and Main have helped, you know, you've got everyone very much into Ayurveda. I remember my mum did a course in Kerala, an Ayurvedic course, and she was doing the Shiradhara massage and all of that kind of stuff. And it was about 15, 18 years ago. And, and I believe everything is timing. I don't know if the beauty world was ready for it then. It was very niche. But now we've got brands like yourself bringing uh, our Indian heritage to the forefront, to the mainstream. And like you said, collaboration rather than competition. Oh, gosh, when I started out, even when I wanted to um, collaborate with other henna artists or anything like that, it was very much a no, like just no. Um, whereas now people see the power of getting together and what noise you can actually make. Um, you know, this South Asian-owned business and that kind of stuff. I didn't have all of that when I started I literally was a young girl um, with no guidance, just walking blindly, really. 
all of us collectively, I think it's just really, uh, it's, it's, it's always, it should have always been the time, but now more than ever, it's just all I can focus on. It's, it's we're doing it now. That's yeah. all that matters. And, exactly. and what's to come, it, it's, it's just exciting. Um, but, you know, it was, I, I wanted to quickly just talk about a little bit about the pandemic, because that is such a pivotal moment in businesses. And how, how was that for you, knowing that, you know, certain, um, like, you, had, you know, Selfridges and places were closed and is that when you started switching to potentially looking at the product idea or like what was your thought? That was literally the turning point. Honestly, that's when I thought people can sit at home and do henna. People can, if we provide them with a kit, like the way people have sold products before is just a henna cone. Whereas we've got now our kits available, which is with the stencils, with a henna cone, with a QR code to our tutorials. We built um, a really good social media following. So we've got like 250,000 followers on TikTok. So I had really good brand deals come through through TikTok during the pandemic. I was even on a TV advert for TikTok as an ambassador, um, which was aired in the UK and Brazil. So it was using the whole online virtual aspect of it. But then that led on to our products because I had to get the products in their hands. And it refi- refined our packaging. It refined, okay, so this doesn't work. So people will need a stencil, for example, they'll need a QR code, they need to know how the henna works, because all of this information that I take for granted, that you assume people will know, it's it's literally backtracking and letting them know that this is the henna, this is how long it lasts, this is this is what you need to, how you need to apply it on the skin, this is how you use the cone. It was really getting into specifics, so that lockdown allowed me that time. TikTok, social media is one of the best ways to connect and inspire people. Yeah. Um, for those listening, it's important to, I guess, um, for anyone new to henna, just do you want to explain a little bit about what henna is? Um, we should have done this before, but I'm sure most people know, but just in case, because you might add even some more knowledge. And I want to know a couple of things like A, like how henna is made, what is it, why in a cone? And then also like what's this new kind of form of different colors neon colors how does that really work as well so henna has been used for centuries like it's gone back so long um people used to use it to cool their their skin down so in the warmer climates they used to crush up the henna leaves and they would mix it with water at the time and apply it on the palms of their hands and the soles of their feet and that used to cool it down over the years it became decorative and then almost like uh the designs per uh, per region would show you the kind of background of where where the henna was coming from. So you've got Arabic henna, you've got Indian henna, you've got those kind of tribal designs in the indigenous areas. Uh, it, it relates that far back. Um, but the henna, as as has progressively gone on, because it's such a strong colour, it's become very decorative. And they associate it with luck, good fortune, prosperity, um, bridal henna. Like, you know, you would never be considered a bride without having henna on your skin. It's very very auspicious for us you know like we call it sugun or shagun so it, it adds that extra like even brides who hate henna they have to have a dot because that's how important yeah. it is to have on your skin um so over the years it became decorative and the way people applied it really changed i remember when my mum was applying it they used to apply it with toothpicks so believe it or not her henna cone is relatively new i think people have been using cones for about 10 or 15 years um, and what we've done is we've refined the shape of the cone to make it like a pencil so that people can actually use it like a pencil. But the only difference is they're applying a bit of pressure with their thumb. So the product yeah. comes out very naturally, very um, smoothly, if you like. Um, so, yeah, so we've kind of pioneered that as well in the sense of the sizing of it and how it flows because the flow of it is is tremendously important. Um, so 
in that respect, that's how it's come. And then all of the good affiliation with it is, you know, the prosperity, the good fortune, the the good luck. Yep. I've had people when I've applied henna on them, they, they they say, God, I feel like I've got superpowers now. They just feel oh, like it brings cool. them that their, that luck. And, and honestly, I know I'm not wearing any now, but which is I'm annoyed about, but I do believe <laughs> it brings me luck. And I do believe it brings me, I don't know, it's that kind of my my kind of signature thing now that I just can't be without it. Actually, for you personally, like how often do you, do you, obviously you're going to create Hanno pieces and pieces of art for your TikTok, et cetera. So that, you know, there's that need as well. But generally speaking, like how often does Pavan do Hanno on herself in a week? So I'm really, really lucky now because I, my team do it for me. I'm so lazy. Oh, so good. Um, I've tried, I've tried with my left hand um, and I yeah. can do it with my left hand, but very slowly because my brain moves so quickly and, and like my yeah, hands yeah. are quick. Um, so, but I, all the time, at least every 10 to 12 days, I'm applying henna on my skin. But now my, I go to the bar and I go and get it done and I actually have the service because, right, number so one, good. I want to see... It's good to also... Yeah. yeah, because I want to see how my team perform. I want to see what would I like, um, what kind of designs are in fashion because the, the artists, like I said, you know, collaboration rather than competition. I used to want to be the yeah. best henna artist in the world. I don't want that anymore. I want to offer the best henna artists in yeah. the world. I want to offer the best exactly. designs. You know, that that's that's where my mind has shifted now. It's it's about thinking bigger and collaborating with the best artists so that we offer our brand offers the best and most trusted designs basically. I love that. And also it's it's a testament now like, you know, you've built a brand which has uh, got multiple stakeholders including your team and you know, now that kind of your mindset is more like even empowering them more than yourself. And, you know, this is, you're all yeah. on this journey together. So um, maybe, you know, you want them to even be the better henna artists and then they're the ones going to probably be doing the services on the customers anyway. So it's great. Exactly. So, and and I gosh, that's a yeah. big thing as well, because having girls that work with me now, they mm. would never have thought that they could have a career in henna. I have. Yeah. So, okay. So changing people's perception on the audience side, on the customer, customer end is, you know, that it's safe for your skin. It's not just for Indian people. It's not just for weddings. So that was a task. But then also getting girls to work in a retail environment with brands like, you know, Estee Lauder, MAC, uh, Face Gym, Nails Inc., Blink Brow Bar, yeah. all of those kind of brands, it was new to them. So henna artists tend to be quite introverted girls. Um, and it was about bringing out their confidence and letting them know that you can have a career in henna, Um you know, those who they, they've said, well, you know, when they've worked with us, they've said that there's co their confidence has grown, that they've earned money out of doing something that they absolutely love, that they're amongst brands that they feel like are someone. I remember going and doing brides and sometimes, you know, the, they would have a meal for the photographer. They'd have a meal for yeah. the makeup artist. They would have a meal. And there would be sometimes, oh, gosh, believe it or not, I wouldn't even be asked if I wanted a glass of water. So before any of my team members go out for any events, they have a rider, you know, Every, yeah. every one and a half hour, they need a break. They need to be offered a drink. They need to be offered a meal if they're working with you for, for more than three to four hours. Because um, they're people, like, it's changing perception of not just being the Mendibali. These girls are artists. They're yeah. talented. And they're working in the beauty industry. So it's like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change people's perception and their own perception of the work they do, respecting the work that they do. It's just as important as a, as a makeup artist or a photographer and so, so forth. So... Um, yep. yeah I, I want to empower them basically. I love that and I couldn't agree more I think it's so so important and I 
as a yeah as obviously as a founder I, I feel the exact same sentiment mm. so before we go into fire round I have a sort of like desert island question I'm, I'm curious to know like now obviously it could be also based on trends etc but you're only allowed one henna cone uh, to this island um, what is your go-to color right now or yeah or product I guess that you have jaguar it's the most jaguar. is that the black that's the black and that so basically jaguar henna is jaguar is a fruit it's grown in the amazonian rainforest and the gel is extracted from the fruit we we source it from ethic, eth, um, ethically from the amazonian rainforest from tribes and it's applied it's made into a gel and we we sell that so this is applied on your skin all natural non-toxic vegan friendly and it comes out a blue black color um so that for me it just looks so cool it's just something that i mean there's not a time where I'm not wearing it that people don't say, oh, my God, I love your tattoos. Oh, my God, I love your henna on your hand. So it's, yeah. it's a great talking point as well. So people will always compliment. That's my go-to. Okay, so now fire round questions. This is first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? I'm not just saying it, but Fable and Main. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but also another beauty product that I'm currently loving. There's this LMS um, makeup remover. That I think is amazing, yeah. and I'm really getting into gua sha. You know the role. Yeah, me too. Of- I, I love gua sha. Like um, I, I'm, I'm like I'm doing my jawline and stuff, and like yeah. there you go. I, I love and even face gym has some really good stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I tend to go. I have a lot of um, one uh, company that I really recommend is called Mount Lai. Um, I don't know if you heard of it. Um, like Mount and then L A I. Um, we've had her on the podcast too, but like uh, it's. Uh, her gua sha it's all it's a whole brand pretty much based on gua sha's but it's just fantastic oh check that out yeah um do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your heart if you don't ask you don't get literally i live by that i have everything i've done akash and i don't say this to be arrogant in any way i've asked for it i've had to go out and get it because i you know there was a time where i was like why don't they think of me um if, for example, to be in this uh, uh, an event or something like that, why should they think of you? People aren't necessarily mm. going to put henna together with beauty stuff. I'm doing something new. So I really learned to put myself out there and just ask for what you want. You just might get it. I've literally got so much because I'm asked for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so important. I think people mistake asking for like, oh, is that being cheeky? Is that? No, if you, if you ask with the right attitude the right way and and also with the right you know put yourself in that position like when you ask someone and that person's going to be like probably benefiting even like yeah. why why wouldn't you ask you yeah know? exactly and if your intention is sincere I feel like if you have a sincere intention people can feel that off of you like people can feel if you if, if you've got the wrong intention and they will stay away uh, and, and energy and all that stuff it's very very important but yeah I, I, I agree I'm not very good at asking. I need to get better. But it's something that I always ask. I tell myself, like, just, like, it's kind of like when you ask someone out on a date and you're like, and then end up, they end up being like, yeah, sure. And you're like, wait, I should have, like, why? Like, you have to ask them. You have you to know? ask. And if they say no, like, but yeah, the amount, it's made me more resilient because I've, I've knocked on loads of doors and they've said no, but you just get on with it. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. And my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or, you know, in the world of henna, what would Pavan be doing right now? I think I'd have a massive PR firm. Yeah? I Amazing. do my own PR. I yeah. talk to people a lot. I network a lot. Um, yeah. I've had PR companies working for me, but I just feel like I know what I want and 
and I get it done quicker. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'd definitely be in the PR and marketing world because I love talking and I love I love that. Selling. <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see because yeah, I think like I used to also be this like um I used to do all my um piano and sometimes I'm actually like I actually got better results when I did it myself, but uh now I pay ridiculous fees to agencies, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but it has to be you don't have the time, right? you you've it's time. I, I think for me personally, I think I'll always still do my own PR, like just for Akash. I think for the business, yeah, like now I've delegated it away. But um yeah, I think I still, actually, I still do do it, I guess, for myself, because I think I still like to control my own narrative. For you, it's also very important because you are, you know, with the namesake brand, you are also pretty much the brand in its, in its essence. So it's important to make sure you have a control in that narrative. But um, yeah, no, Pavan, it's been such a pleasure. Um, I'm so, so happy we got to do this. And I'm so excited for the world to discover Henna via Pavan Beauty. I think if everyone, anyone's listening um, and you either see a pop-up nearby or you have one of those permanent locations like Selfridges, do go to uh, the Pavan Beauty, like the, the bars, which is um, you can find on the website. But also now you can enjoy um, doing a bit of henna at home you get all the stencils with the, the kind of the video techniques and then you can also go in the tiktok and just get inspired but um what are the links Pavan, for everyone to go and make sure they keep up to date across the board for all of them and on tiktok instagram and facebook it's at pavan and the website is pavanonline.com right? that's correct and we've just launched the new website um and it looks amazing i'm in love with it it's so beautiful i better say you should be so proud it's so you like it i love it i love I'm, it it's I'm so good the, 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 the photography is beautiful like all the because that's also a big part of the website i always tell everyone wireframes are easy to yeah. kind of make sure but content is just as important to populate and you've got yeah. perfect balance Thank no you. i love it well i'll put all the the links in the summary so people can just tap straight away and uh well we're going to catch up soon in person so this yeah. is just uh see you later but um for everyone listening please do make sure you you follow pavin and um, you'll be very inspired by the journey ahead so thank you thank you so much i hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.